I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to mini episode 231 of Real Life Ghost Stories. And I have two spooky stories for you today. And the last story comes from the 5th of November 2022. And story number one comes from Vicky. I won't get into it here, but I didn't have the most tranquil of homes as a child. Like a lot of children growing up in stressful environments, I developed a hair trigger awareness of my parents' mood. I knew just from the sound of my mum's voice exactly what she was feeling. If she was sad, it was my job to be by her side immediately. If she was angry, I was compelled to run to the defence of whoever was in her path. If, however, she was more than angry, there was nothing anyone could do to stop her tide of fury. In those situations, I knew to do just one thing. Hide. One day when I was seven, the one day in my entire life I've experienced anything I truly couldn't explain... I was upstairs in the attic room of our house, which had been converted to a sort of playroom or storage room, way up in the eaves on the third floor. We had a rocking chair up there, and I was playing the classic childhood game of how far back can I lean on this chair before toppling over? I remember I was balancing with my side against the backrest of the chair, one arm reaching through the slats to perilously brush the floor with my fingertips, when I heard her. Tora? my name reverberating up through the house. Tora, where are you? I knew immediately that my mum was more than angry. Before I could blink, I was up off the chair, wrenching my arm free from the slats. I was at the window in a heartbeat, throwing open the angled skylight and hurling myself up. You see, I had recently discovered the ultimate of all hiding places, the roof of our three-storey house. Seven-year-old me thought this was genius. 35-year-old me thinks seven-year-olds shouldn't be left alone for any sizable amount of time. I was terrified to climb out onto the slanting tiles, of course, but not as terrified as I was of mum finding me when she was more than angry. On this day, I got up out of the window just fine and managed to crab crawl off to the side as I'd practised, but it all went wrong when I was trying to push the window closed behind me. I suppose my feet weren't anchored properly because as I started to push down on the glass, my back foot slipped out from under me, slamming me down onto my stomach. I scrabbled frantically to regain purchase and was only just able to grab the windowsill in time to stop my rapid slide to the edge of the roof. But the window was still open and I was still gasping for breath when I heard the heavy footfalls of my mum stomping up the attic steps. My hands grasped desperately at the sill as I pulled myself as far up as I dared, unwilling to put my fingers any further over the edge and risk being seen. 
I pushed my face down into the hot terracotta tiles and tried to freeze my lungs still. If I was caught not only hiding but hiding in such a dangerous position, my mum might push me off the roof herself. She wasn't well, I knew this even then, and she wouldn't be able to deal with this. Yet I was probably low enough out of sight not to be immediately noticeable, and surely she wouldn't think to look for me out the window all the way up here. This is why the roof was such a clever hiding place, I thought, because no one would assume you were mad enough to climb out there. Perhaps finding the room empty she would just go back downstairs and I could regain my footing, crawl back inside and be safe. But then, as my mum was seconds away from breaching the attic's floor, I noticed that I had made a terrible mistake. In my rush to get to the window I hadn't thought to still the rocking chair. It had continued to do exactly what it was built to do, rock happily back and forth. And I had been so far back on it when I jumped off that it was showing no signs of slowing. If she saw the chair rocking, she would know that I was up here somewhere. And if she knew that I was up here somewhere, she'd know that I was hiding. And if she knew I was hiding, she'd look for me and surely she would eventually notice the me-shaped lump outside the window. I had barely had time to put all of this together and wonder if I still maybe had time to throw myself back through the window when my mum came charging into view at the top of the stairs. I could just see her, even with my head pushed down as low as it would go. She was peering around the room, breathing furiously through her nose. And I followed her gaze, as if watching in terrible slow motion as she turned towards the rocking chair, which had stopped. Suddenly, impossibly, it was balanced on the end of its rocker, the backrest almost perpendicular with the ground, as if I was still balancing on it, or as if someone I couldn't see was. Tora, my mum shouted again, making me flinch so close as she was now. My lungs burned with the pressure of holding my breath as I squinted at the rocking chair trying to work out how on earth it was frozen like that. Mum scanned the room a couple of times, listening. Me and the rocking chair stayed frozen. Then she turned and stormed back down the stairs, yelling my name deeper and deeper into the house. I didn't breathe again until I could barely hear her anymore. Then the gasps came fast and rasping as I shakily pulled myself up into a less precarious position. I knew I needed to get out of the house as quickly as possible. I would wander the country lanes until it got dark and Mum had hopefully calmed down. Yet I was scared to go back into the room with the frozen rocking chair. What if there wasn't an explanation for how it had become stuck like that so suddenly? What if I saw what was holding it up? Or perhaps even what was sitting in it? Still, there were ghosts and then there was my mother and I knew which one I was more afraid of. I pulled myself back into the room scraping my stomach painfully against the windowsill because my shaking legs refused to let me climb back into a crouching position now that they knew that falling was a real possibility. I landed clumsily but quietly back into the attic room and hurried over to the stairs. I didn't want to look at the rocking chair. I didn't want to see something that I couldn't unsee. But as I say, I was seven and couldn't quite help myself from doing suicidally brave things yet. So I peeked. And there it was. The rocking chair was not leaning against anything, as I assume my mum had assumed. It wasn't caught on anything or propped up by anything at all, not anything I could see anyway. 
Perhaps it's caught in a groove in the floor that I've never noticed before, I remember thinking. And then, as if whatever was keeping it in place had heard my thoughts, the rocking chair swung back into motion. It didn't just fall back into a natural rhythm either, as if it had suddenly remembered that the laws of physics should apply to it. No. It violently flung itself forward, almost toppling right over with the force, before whipping furiously back on its haunches, forward and back, forward and back, without seeming to slow. As if someone I couldn't see was sitting where I had sat, slamming their feet to the floor with each wide swing. I ran down the stairs as fast and as quietly as I could and managed to make it out of the front door without being seen. As I sprinted out into the sunshine, I refused to look up at the roof and the still open window because I didn't know what I might see there. I never played on that rocking chair again and neither, as far as I know, did the thing that saved me that day. I'm sure that there are thousands, literally thousands of adults who are listening to this who will be able to relate to those feelings during childhood, those feelings of being hyper-attuned to the people in your house because it is it literally means that's how you survive life and I I don't think people who don't grow up in that environment can really truly understand it I feel very blessed and very thankful that that was not my experience of childhood however I've worked with many children whose experience of childhood was very similar and I can tell you that those children will do anything to get out of the way when they perceive that danger is afoot and they become very adept at reading adults' um, moods and their little foibles and little tells that might suggest how adults around them are feeling. Oh, it gives me the, that alone in this story gives me the heebie-jeebies, honestly. And look, if we're going to be talking about ghosts as energy in this podcast, those energies are going to be very aware of other energies around that house for sure. And if you've got the energy of rage and the energy of that abject fear of that child something's going to happen and there is a very sad and terrifying reality here that that energy that that energy to hold that rocking chair still so as not to give your location away could genuinely have saved your life oh that story has made me all tingly and goosebumpy honestly if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. 
Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. And story number two comes from Anonymous. And story number two comes with a trigger warning for suicide. This incident happened when my big sister, Kava was at college. She went to study at her friend Shilpa's house to prepare for an upcoming exam. Shilpa's room was upstairs next to the stairs and across the door to the balcony. While they were studying with the door slightly open, they saw Shilpa's big sister walk up the stairs and towards the balcony. For some reason, Kava thought Shilpa's sister appeared very pale and moving slowly, slightly off, as if she was gracefully gliding across the hall. She usually would come and talk to them, but today she seemed to keep her distance. In fact, she didn't even come out of her room to greet Kava when she had arrived. Shilpa also saw her sister but didn't say anything. An hour later, Shilpa's mother called the girls downstairs to carry their snacks to their room. Both Shilpa and Kava went down to the kitchen to take the snacks. Her mother told Shilpa to drop some snacks at her sister's room too. Shilpa said that her sister was upstairs, probably out on the balcony. This surprised Shilpa's mom because she was sure that Shilpa's sister hadn't stepped out of her room for a couple of hours. Maybe she was sleeping but then got up. So the girls took all the snacks upstairs with them and placed it in Shilpa's room and they went out to call her sister. However, the door to the balcony was closed, from the inside. Both of them then realised that they never heard the balcony door open or close when Shilpa's sister came upstairs and also never saw her go back down. They checked the other spare room next to Shilpa and no one was in it. Shilpa called out to her mother that her sister wasn't upstairs and she took her sister's snacks downstairs to deliver to her room. Shilpa's mom was a little annoyed that her daughter was still sleeping into the noon and went to wake her up. Shilpa was at the middle of the stairs when her mother started screaming like anything. She was crying and screaming her eldest daughter's name. Kava joined Shilpa as both ran to Shilpa's sister's room to see a horrific scene that would scar them forever. They saw Shilpa's sister's lifeless body hanging from the ceiling fan and her mother crying hysterically while holding her dead daughter's cold legs. It was said that the death happened a few hours before she was found. To this day, nobody knows why Shilpa's sister did what she did. There was no letter left behind, nor did her friends or anybody have anything to say. Everyone was shocked why a nice person with so many to love and care for her would do this, and the lack of answers was the second most painful thing to bear. Yet my sister Kava and Shilpa swore they saw Shilpa's sister coming up the stairs. They remembered she looked off, but were definitely sure about what they saw. To add to that, after the funeral, Shilpa's mother, when lying on her bed at night to sleep, would see in the mirror a smoky apparition of her deceased daughter sitting next to her legs and smiling. Once or twice she even heard her daughter's voice say, Don't send me away, mother. This happened until the next day of Shraddha, a Hindu ceremony to help the soul of the deceased enter the next world, after which she never appeared. We hope and believe her soul is resting in peace now. It's been a pretty tough episode all around today. I've read and we've heard, and I'm sure you guys listening have read and heard so many stories about people appearing at time of death or after time of death people seeing them or a version of them and one of the things that always gets me about these kind of stories is that you don't think twice about seeing that person 
you don't know that person is dead. You don't know that something has happened to that person. So when you see them, you just you're just like, oh, hey, there you are coming up the stairs. You know, you don't think twice about it. You don't you don't think to ask anything or you don't think, oh, hang on a second. Something's not right here. You just assume it is that person in their flesh and blood. And I think that that is the bit that freaks me out more than anything else. And really, I hope that family and that girl have found peace somehow. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Pretty intense one today. Thank you to Vicky and Anonymous for sending in your stories. Remember, the last story came from November the 5th, 2022. And if you would like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast.gmail.com. You can also check out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And if you are desperate for extra content, you can subscribe to Patreon. That is patreon.com forward slash stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content, as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad free. And on that note, I shall see you next time. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.